Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Kevin Perkins Show. I'm your host. Today is another awesome day here in Garage Studios in Southern California. My guest is also a fellow Southern Californian, and I'm going to talk to you about that in a second. Ian Lance, Mr. Artist and Restaurateur, uh, maybe a little triathlon guy as well. But uh, I'm not going to save all that for a second. I just Before we get to it, I want to say thanks for everybody who's been uh, supportive of the Social Nostra. We just celebrated our second anniversary, which is kind of crazy to me. But uh, anyway, without further ado, I want to introduce Ian Lance to the show. Hey, Ian, how's it going, brother? Great, Kevin. How are you? Congratulations on your two anniversary, by the way. Dude, you know what? It just all started with some crazy idea. And here we are, you know, many, 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 many hours of video into the into this. And it's crazy. But uh, yeah, man, you know, speaking of you came originally on the show on Double A's podcast, The Profile Pod with yes. uh, Deanna Molay. And, you know, I was watching it and there was, you know, Deanna did so much of the talking. I, I wanted to bring you back on and have you kind of tell more about your story, too. And, you know, you're, what you're doing is, is actually super cool. So tell everybody a little bit of, first of all, about, um, you know, you're an artist. You're doing these kind of, um, I don't know, what do you call them? Like street murals, like the Obey guy um, did uh, called Ferry. Raised in LA. Yeah, Raised in LA. Yeah. yeah so um, how did that even start? Like, where did you guys come up with the idea and, and all that? So Dan, Dan one uh, started this, oh man, maybe I, I, he's been writing in the streets for about 20, 30 years. Um, he was in different writing crews. I was doing my thing in Chicago when I moved out there. I was, I was known for painting garages in alleys uh, in the South side of Chicago, uh, like commur community murals. Uh, but since I was born in L.A., had friends all over Southern California from Inland Empire, L.A. County, San Fernando, all over SoCal, um, we had a, a mutual friend that introduced me to Danny, um, uh, this guy, George Zapata. He, we, I've known him forever. He was friends with Sammy, and Sammy's husband, of course, is Danny. Uh, we linked up over social media, um, and I saw him doing his raise in L.A., and I, I was loving it. Uh, but I was, you know, I was in Chicago doing Shyla. It was shy dash LA. And um, I was also doing this raise in the South side and I was promoting Pullman, uh, which is now a national monument park. It's the first one in Chicago. Uh, so he loved what I was doing. I loved what he was doing. And an opportunity came where I was vacationing um, back home. I always wanted to come home because I spent like a decade in Chicago and I always wanted to come back home, but I felt like I just couldn't because I planted deep roots in Chicago. So uh, we met up at the Snow White Cafe, which is one of the oldest cafes on Hollywood Boulevard. They actually have Disney art that's grandfathered in there because the illustrators and artists from the Disney movies would go hang out and draw there. So it's kind of cool. Oh, so that like anytime they had a cell, like they were doing, like create any, anything, they would just like write it on a napkin or something and it, it got framed and, and it's up on the walls kind of thing or... Or they actually, would actually they, go there as like a working, uh, drink coffee and, you know, like use it as a working studio or something. They would just hang out and party there. And then they ended up drawing murals all over the place. Oh. And nowadays, if you put any Disney and it's Snow White Cafe, because it has all the Snow White characters. But if you use that Disney, you know, Disney's owns that it's copyrighted, but they were actually grandfathered in there because actual illustrators that created uh, the characters for Snow White Disney were the ones that created the murals there. Nice. Kind of cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's, that's what the cool. bartender told me. Yeah, it's it, it. There's a lot of history there. It's been around from like I don't know the 20s, 1920s or something. But it's wow, uh, that's that's awesome, man. I I believe it. I mean, um, so so like, just to give some context, and, and we'll show some some uh, pictures throughout this of of these. So so basically, your guys are finding like what are these electrical boxes and stuff? Because I know like here in San Clemente, they did a similar type of thing where. They painted like, you know, one would be like a, you know, a guy surfing somebody, you know, kind of like scenes around San Clemente. And it was really a cool idea to kind of cover up those sort of ghastly looking, you know, electrical boxes. Is that, is that kind of like what you guys have been doing mostly? Yes, we've been doing that. We, we put a lot of the Raisin LA just to show LA pride in Hollywood. Uh, Danny got permission to do one box and we just kept running with it. Uh, a lot of the times we were doing it for free for years just to express ourselves and to make the safe a little more peaceful, safer, and more vibrant because a lot of them just have uh, taggings or gang markings. And what ends up happening is that can escalate into some violence. And we noticed when we put our boxes up there that the gang graffiti kind of stops. Uh, they kind of respect it and it becomes um, a little bit more peaceful and then people take more pride in taking pictures next to it. And then we went, we took it a step further. We would actually pay homage to the areas around it. So uh, for example, we did Love Street, which is an actual historic landmark street uh, because the doors uh, used to hang out there. Jim, Jim Morrison used to live there and he got inspired to do the Love uh, Street song there. So we incorporated Jim Morrison, the doors and Love Street. And it's been there for, I don't know, maybe three, four years. And it really hasn't been it's been vandalized a few times, but we've been able to go back and retouch it and, and make it look nice. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, you know, some of your some of the electrical boxes have like um, Paramount Studios. So I'm thinking, oh, this is probably nearby there or something. Or um, you had uh, scenes from like uh, movies, too, which I thought was a really cool idea, like having um, Lucy and Desi Arnaz. Uh, you know, the you know that kind of thing yeah. um just kind of curious like what what were those motivations or like for well first of all before you answer that did like the city when you first started doing it kind of like try to bust you guys or were they actually okay with it and you know or like yeah keep doing this like how how cooperative would you say they were they were really cooperative we'd actually have like the department of water or transportation come by and they would see us and they'd say oh you guys are the ones doing this and we'd say yeah and we think maybe they would say hey can you stop it but they actually said hey this is really cool um whatever you do just don't spray over the key box because the, the paint dries and it becomes hard to put the key in so dan and i we we followed it and we put uh tape over it and uh so whenever they would come to maintain the box or do anything with it they would able to put the key in and turn it uh cops would drive by and they'd wave and they'd salute us give us a thumbs up oh, um, cool. You know, the street elements would come by and they'd say, oh, you guys are the ones doing this. And we'd say, yeah. And they'd say, keep up the good work. So, oh, that's cool. And so so nobody ever, you know, was like territorial with you. Like, hey, that's our that's ours. You know, don't don't touch it. They were they were cool with you. One time we had uh, one person say this is our block. You can't you know, can't do this. But Dan's been doing it for so long that they ended up having like mutual friends or something. And and then that was it. And he said, OK, you guys can paint here. <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. You know what? That's so <laughs> I wouldn't want you to be like taking it in the, you know, getting shot or something just because you're trying right. to make things cool, you know, expressing yeah. peace and love. You know, that's another cool thing too. Like, um, you know, some of the street art in guys like the 
you know, the obey and all that stuff was, you know, very kind of like uh, political or kind of like, you know, that kind of thing. I feel like you guys are, you're bringing a whole different vibe to kind of your, your type of stuff, which is more like, you know, fun and love and, you know, that kind of thing. And, and it's really visually super cool. Like, I know, like you said, you try to tailor it towards the neighborhoods. I mean, the I personally like all the Day of the Dead art. So like when I saw those boxes, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, is there anything that you feel like you haven't done yet that you want to do still? Yeah, there's a ton of stuff. We want to um, somehow incorporate these boxes into uh, maybe having like a barcode or an NFT where proceeds go to after school, uh, public school, after school art programs for public schools. Um, that way, uh, these inner kids that come from challenged or at-risk neighborhoods can uh, start receiving funds so they can be creative. A lot of them are not going to be doctors or engineers just because they come from broken homes. I came from a broken home, so I, I understand where these kids come from. And I, I can see like how they can easily get involved with gangs, drugs, and all the, the negative elements. But if there's something, if there's a positive outlet, uh, that will help them keep them out of um, trouble and hopefully, you know, become a, a productive person. Man, that's so cool. That is so, so valuable. And, and what a great idea. Like, you know, you, you're walking by or something, maybe walking the dogs and you steal a QR code, right? Yeah. And you just go bam and it can take you to like a GoFundMe or any kind of, you know, effort, you know, um, not for profit or, you know, anything like that. that that's, that's a really great idea, actually. Um, yeah, let's work. Let's collaborate on that one. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's really super cool. Um, now, I also heard that because of just the well reception that you had, you've had some pretty cool uh, things happen to you as well. Like for instance, you've been, um, you guys, you guys won a CBA award or something like that, or, um, and then yeah. you also, you also got some, um, you guys are also part of the Oscars, right? Is that, did I hear that the right? Pre-Oscars. Yeah. We're part of the pre-Oscars, uh, Debbie Durkin, has been doing this for 16, 17 years. It's going to be at the Beverly Hilton. Um, and they're having like a celebrity brunch uh, rooftop event where um, guests come in and we'll be, they'll be getting a lot of their uh, uh, gifts. And so we've been asked to be part of it. And it's the first time where two brands are collaborating. It's better than sex dessert, a dessert restaurant in Los Angeles. And of course, raised in LA and the company, uh, the common denominator for that is myself because I'm I'm one of the managers there and I'm also a co-creator of Raised in LA. So I was able to brand oh, both. That's so cool. Together. So 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 those actors are gonna get their little swag bags and they're gonna see bottles or you know whatever art that you've done on, yeah. on that. Oh that's so cool, man. That congratulations. Yeah. That, that's huge, dude. Hey, and speaking of better than sex, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit more about this dessert bar thing. Yeah. I, so cool. Okay, we'll be right cool. back. All right. Thank you so much for sticking with us. So I'm here with Ian Lance, uh, artist and restaurateur. In fact, we just talked about his raise 
in LA art stuff. And I'm, I want to talk a little bit about this uh, restaurant uh, that you uh, are, our director, I believe you said you were in, is called uh, Better Than Sex. I mean, it's yeah. a great name, but it's a, it's a dessert restaurant. Is that, is that right? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It's a dessert restaurant. I think it's like the first of its kind. Yeah, um, wait, 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 wait. What's a dessert restaurant? Like, seriously, like people are like, screw it. I'm, I'm ditching the veggies and I'm going straight to the, to the fudge or something. Like, <laughs> what, what is that? <laughs> you, you had the same kind of, uh, that's the same reaction I had when I first heard of it. Uh, it, it looks like you're walking into a 1920s prohibition speakeasy uh, bar. Uh, but there's no bar there. It's just all tables. Most of our tables are two tops. It's very dark. It has gold tin ceilings that you'd see like in New York or Chicago in the old buildings. Lots of chandeliers. Uh, we usher you in with flashlights. Most of the lighting is all candle lit. Every booth has its own candle. Uh, and you get iPads for menus. That's how dark it is. Or else you'd be with a flashlight the whole time looking to see what we have. Everybody um, would be their phones out looking with the light, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's really just an intimate. It's rated PG-13. But as long as you're okay with having your kids walk in and see, it's not full nude, but it's it has a lot of sexual um, photos and photography. But nothing. Yeah. Raunchy windows, nothing. Yeah. Innuendo. Yeah, fully. Now, that's really drinks, cool. I, it, the place looks bitching man like it Thank is you. so well done like you walk in there and it, it looks really nice like you're seriously going into back in the past where you know prohibition times or or uh, that roaring 20s kind of vibe and it's all red and black it's really bitching man like i don't know who came up with the the idea and the design but it's like definitely someplace i want to check out uh here pretty soon um <laughs> how do, like what do you guys serve and stuff is it just like I mean, it's got to be pretty decadent, I imagine. Yes, we have lots of desserts. We have about 15 desserts, um, Italian stallion, cheesecakes. My favorite is a popcorn pimp cheesecake uh, with soft caramel drizzled on top. It has a popcorn bark, sea salted. Uh, it's gorgeous. Uh, and our drinks have rim jobs on them. So we paired semi-sweet, dark chocolate, white chocolate, caramel, wrapped around the rims of either beer, wine, champagne, uh, cocktails and shots <laughs> there's there's that that innuendo double entendre stuff right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Jobs>. um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so you know that sounds so cool i mean like you mentioned you got you were in um uh, chicago for a good while and um you know you had a cafe and did some stuff and that's kind of how you got going with this tell us a little bit about that experience um sounds you told me a little bit earlier, but tell the audience. Yeah, I um, I had a job opportunity to go to Chicago to work for a law firm called Sidley Austin. It's one of the oldest law firms in the country. Uh, one of their first clients was Mary Todd Lincoln, who was the wife of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, it's a big litigation firm, uh, but they're headquartered in Chicago. Uh, and I got offered to be a consultant. My main role was an enterprise vault contractor. So I was there for a year project. I had an aunt that had a place out there. So I stayed with her while I kept my place uh, with my girlfriend at the time in LA. Um, and I started doing art and I started walking to this bar uh, called Carrie's Lounge in Rogers Park. It's one of the first bars there. And, um, and from there, I just started enjoying Chicago and they found out I was an artist. So I put my art in his bar as a gift. 
And one of the bartenders was a like a GM for another club down there where a lot of Chicago rappers and DJs made their start, like Common, Kanye, um, Lupe, all these people. So I did like a live art there. And from there, it kind of started taking off. And the owner of Carrie's told me to go and check out all of Chicago. Because when I got there, I was from LA and everybody put the fear of God in me to never go south or west of Chicago. And mm. I kept asking, like, what happens if I go south? And like, oh, you know, aren't you watching news? 50, 60, 80 people get murdered or shot. Yeah. And each weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah, each weekend. And I was like, and I'd watch the news. And I'm like, oh, they're, they're serious. Like the headlines are 80 people, 90 people shot this weekend. So I was scared to go down there because I'm from LA. And Pete said, hey, as long as you're not into gangs, drugs, you're not dumb like going to a park at 3 a.m wandering around by yourself you're not going to have any problems and so I, I did exactly that I started wandering and um I, I got to the south side and I started helping out this lady uh this director called the Matt Jean Carter Hill she passed but she started this program in West Inglewood which is like one of the most violent neighborhoods in the south side wow. and I got introduced to this historic neighborhood um from a few guys from Argus Brewery it's no longer around it went down because of COVID uh, they invited me to come down this beautiful neighborhood. I fell in love. I thought I was at a Paramount Studios back lot. And I thought they were fake homes with, you know, like when you go see those houses, yeah. but they have like the woods, the two by fours holding them up. And I thought yeah. it was going to be like yeah. two by fours holding the, I thought it was just a facade. And I fell in love and I ended up buying a house down there. And people found out I was from LA and I was an artist. I tried buying this building. It was a short sale. It didn't work out. Everybody was excited that I was going to open up like the first cafe in like 50 years down there. But everybody kept saying, Ian, it's not going to work. There's a reason why there's no investments in the south side of Chicago. The violence, everything, take your mm -hmm. idea to the north side. And I said, no, this is exactly what this neighborhood needs. Um, I didn't end up getting the building. It was a short sale and everybody was bummed out. But then the city of Chicago and an organization called CNI, which stands for Chicago Neighborhood Initiatives, reached out to me. And long story short, they gifted me a commercial building. I had to pay like some back. Yeah, I had to pay like, it wasn't for free, free, but it was like back taxes. It was really, really, really affordable. Wow. And so they gifted me this building and I called my aunt and my cousin. I said, hey, I have a full-time job. The city's going to give me this, uh, give me this, gift me this building. Let's open up a cafe, but I need your help. So my aunt came out of retirement. She brought her daughter. They started putting the plans together. I was working and I, like my paychecks would just go to this place. Um, and I, I felt like I was running a nonprofit for a couple of years before we got opened. Uh, when we did open, shortly after that, Obama came down at the time, he was president, and he declared the house, the cafe, the whole neighborhood, the first national park of Chicago. But in the meantime, while we were doing this, I was painting these uh, garages in the alleys of the South Side in Pullman. And instead of me painting it, I would bring the community together. I would bring the Italians, the whites, the blacks, Hispanics, Puerto Ricans, LGBT, Indians, old, young, middle-aged, they would all get together in an alley and they would paint. And I would say, only thing I ask is no offensive things, no race, no religion, no politics, just, and nothing you like that would offend anybody. And they followed it and they all went at it. And then I would tie it in together. And so the community, instead of me saying I had, you know, 10 murals there, the community can say, hey, we have 10 murals together. And it ended up getting people together that normally wouldn't get together. So the young Hispanic, African-American kids that maybe thought the older white people were racist would get to know them. And the older white folks that maybe thought 
these young kids were just hoodlums or gangsters got to realize, no, they're just my neighbors and they're just dressed differently. And it ended up helping to build a stronger uh, community. That's so cool. What a great, what a great initiative. What a great story. I mean, clearly, uh, you know, you took that uh, experience and, and brought it back to LA. Um, how cool to have Obama show up and be like, this is the first national city park or whatever, you know, with yeah. all that stuff. I mean, I don't know if you got to meet him or uh, any of that stuff, but wow, what a, what a cool kind of like blessing, if you will, you know, from somebody from that you know, from Chicago and somebody of that stature. Yeah, it, it was great. And I got his, his former, I got to meet his former chief of staff, which was Rahm Emanuel. And at the time he was mayor of Chicago. Um, it's funny because his brother, Ari Emanuel, kind of runs Hollywood. Uh, they had a show called Entourage and Jeremy Piven played Ari in, in the show Entourage. So it's it kind of great to see how the two worlds collide. Uh, and he kind of helped, he helped, uh, with a lot of investments coming down in Pullman, which I was grateful for. Yeah, that's, and speaking of Entourage, uh, Doug Ellen's got the Ramble On, the sequel going right now. Which is cool. I'm excited yeah. about that with Charlie right. Sheen and some of those other dudes. So that's going to be fun, man. It's going to be good. Yeah. They, look a lot, they look a lot different now, so I don't know what the storyline actually will be like, but I think it's still pretty neat. I loved that show when it was out, yeah. so <laughs> that's really cool. Awesome, man. So, okay, before we wrap it up, you know, um, you're sort of a personal passion. I can see today that you've been working out. Uh, I know that you're real big on to uh, triathlons and stuff like that. Like, how did that come about? Were you, you know, was it a personal thing? Like, hey, I want to try this out. Or have you always been an athlete? Like, you know, you started off in one sport and it just sort of made sense to transition into all the, you know, all three of the different, um, you know, uh, particulars or, you know. Yeah, in, in high school, I, I used to play a lot of sports, uh, football, baseball, track. Um, I was decent. I wasn't like a star or anything, but mm -hmm. I, it always kept me out of trouble. And a lot of the, you know, I learned a lot from different cultures because in sports, you get to hang out with everybody. And I went to so many different high schools from Orange County to Inland Empire. Um, and you get to meet blue collar, white collar, ultra poverty, middle class, ultra rich. Uh, and so you got to you got to really expand your, your mind and horizon. And, and uh, a lot of times when you're in at-risk neighborhoods, you're, you're just kind of thinking one way. Um, and then I moved to Chicago. Uh, when I went to Chicago, it, they really taught me how to drink. And so I gained a lot of weight. And during the pandemic, I ballooned to like, I don't know, 230, 240, and I'm pretty short. So I look like a, a fat bowling ball. <laughs> and I told myself, um, it's either gonna be downhill from here or I have to make a change. And so I, I decided to make a change. I uh, cut back on drinking. I started exercising. I started watching what I was eating because I knew I had to be there for my family. Um, I was no good if I was going to be unhealthy. And then healthier I was, I would be more prone to getting sick. And I, I started just doing a lot of cardio. And I kind of said, you know what, Ian, let's try a triathlon. You've always wanted to do one. Just let's do one. And so I signed up for one with no experience. And I just had to train and then I did my did you first do that back in Chicago or did you do it when you came out back to LA? No, I did that when I came back to LA. Okay. Got you. Yeah. And so what was, uh, when, uh, when was your first triathlon? Where was it? My first one was last August and it was the Hermosa Manhattan, Hermosa Manhattan triathlon. It's every August this year. I'm going to, 
I'm going to be doing three. I'm going to be doing the Manhattan, the Malibu, and then the Mission Viejo, and they call it the South Orange County, where you swim oh. across the Mission Viejo Lake. So I'm training for that while, while I work and uh, paint. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll have to come out and visit because I'm just about, you know, 15 miles down the road. So I'll come out and support you. Maybe yeah. we will have a drink afterwards for sure. You know, it's funny. I'll be coming to visit you to surf down there. I love to surf too. So yeah, I'll hang no out doubt. by the beach. No yeah. Um, you know, it's so funny. Like, um, so I grew up swimming, uh, playing water polo, swimming, lifeguarding, going to the beach and stuff. So water is my thing. And, yeah. um, you know, like when triathlons first sort of started coming out, it was funny because I felt like, I felt like all my swimmer friends who, you know, were looking for, you know, expanded you know athletic experiences as they got older started yeah. doing these started doing them you know and um i always i always kind of scratched my head because it's like i feel like you're either you're either a water creature or a land creature and it's yeah. you know the triathlons are kind of hard because you you know you, you uh you kind of need to be so my, my my thought process like all these my really good swimmer friends would do triathlons they kick everybody's ass on the swims right i mean they would right. be like way ahead of people <laughs> they'd get on the bike and they would do okay you know but then they start that run and oh, then they, they would just die right, right. so all the all the so all, it's like a, it's like the tortoise and the hare like the tortoises always win that all the runners are like the best triathletes because that's the yeah. biggest part of the race right usually and um you know you can you can kind of become a swimmer but I don't think you can really become a runner. Like if you're not a good runner already, like, I don't know, what's your thought on that whole experience? Like what's been your you're, challenge on those? The running. <laughs> running oh, no, I'm the water guy. I can run, but I, I can't, I, running is my, my weakest leg. I, I'm a little heavier, bulkier. Um, if I was leaner, I'd probably be a better runner, but um, I'm a water person. I, I love being in the water got you man that's so funny because like I, when i was lifeguarding uh one of the guys that i knew uh, was a my lieutenant he was just a non-stop runner and he was so good and but he sucked it i wouldn't say he sucked but he wasn't the best swimmer but like you know he could run out run everybody all the time so whatever anyway just totally worked out but i you know <laughs> I, I, it, those things are super challenges do you think like you'd ever do the um like get yourself to the Ironman level, like that, like that at, you know, do like a, what is that? A mile and a half swim. It's like, a two mile, it's a two mile swim in the ocean. Mm -hmm. And then it's a 75 mile bike ride. Oh, that's and, right. And, and, a full then marathon. It, and then it's a 26, it's a full marathon. I don't like, I don't know that I, that's a lot on my body. So I, right now we'll, we'll see. That's a, okay. I mean, I'm listen, I'm not saying, that's, you know, it's funny, like you start to get obsessed with these sports and next thing you know, people are like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Like I started playing pickleball this last uh, fall and I'm like totally crazy about it now. It's so fun. So anyways. Swimming, well, Ian, the cycle are, are cool. I don't know about that full marathon. Like I've never done a full marathon. That's what scares me on the, on the Ironman one. <laughs> right. You're, you're at mile yeah. 20 and you just collapse or something. Right. <laughs> After the 75 mile bike ride and the two mile swim. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. So anyways, Ian, it's been really great to talk to you, my man. Um, I just be, let everybody uh, know how they can follow you. I, I recommend everybody follow Ian and race in LA. Why don't you tell people what are the best ways to do that? 
yeah, my personal Instagram is Ian Lance Art. Um, you can find me on, on Facebook, TikTok, uh, Instagram. Also, Raised in LA Art is where you can find most of our stuff with Dan One, myself, and then Better Than Sex LA um, uh, on Instagram and everything uh, on social media. I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Pullman National Park. It's a national park, national monument, because it gave birth to Labor Day. So if you're part of any union, you can thank Pullman and also Labor Day. Uh, our national holiday came from Pullman. That's why it's a national park. Thank you, Chicago, for, for making me one of your own and everything that I've done. You, you've made me that person. And LA for uh, giving me the heart, the spirit, and the courage. Uh, I think with being born in LA and raised all over Southern California, it gave me the courage to venture out to Chicago and not listen to people saying, don't go South or West. And I was able to really embrace it. And um, yeah, and, and congratulations to you on your two year anniversary. If anything I can do to help you get the word out. Um, and Andy for plugging me to you, Deanna for getting me that interview with Profile, Pod TV, and everybody else that's been uh, there. Also, uh, Patricia and Allen, the owners of Better Than Sex LA. Um, I want to thank them. They, they've really come a long way during the challenging times of the pandemic. And of course, my art partner, Dan One, and his wife, Sammy, uh, they become like my family. So um, if I forgot anybody, it's you. you you know you've been a part of this this road and i want to thank all the supporters including you super good to hear from you ian uh again uh you're always welcome to come on any of our shows on the network to promote anything my man um i can't wait to see you in person shortly either through i'd like to go up to maybe better than sex with the wife and have some great desserts and who knows maybe we do you. a podcast up there or something and kind of feature the place but um, anyways, Ian, it's really good to see you. And uh, thanks again for coming on the show. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in. And uh, remember, you have to be in it to win it. <laughs>